Richard, I already kind of talked you up before break and told him who you are and what you meant to us and um, just what a special human being that you've been and catapulting us in our success because we were holding ourselves hostage. And so they asked me what your topic for today was and I said, I have no, no idea. It's a surprise every time. And so... Um, they're, they're ready for you to pick on them and show them the way. Uh, we have a really good group of people in here that have asked a lot of questions and been very participatory. And um, I don't know, I'm really excited to share Richard with you guys. And uh, some of them have come from Robin Events, uh, Connecticut RIA, um, Ohio. I was at Vina's event. Uh, where else? I don't know. Raleigh, possibly? Oh, no, I can't think. So this is really a whole fresh room of faces for me. And so um, a lot of them was even like, who's Richard? Do I need to be here for Richard? So they hadn't really heard much about you either. And um, I'm excited for you guys to meet him and him to meet you. I hope you dig deep and embrace what he's going to help uncover with inside of you that's kind of holding you back from making money in this business because if it wasn't for him, I don't think we would be as far as we are. We may not even be still working together. We probably definitely wouldn't be getting married. And so um, every time we work with him, I, I'm like, I don't know what we'll talk about this time. And then it's just one more layer to the onion. And I'm like, okay, well, we're, we thought we would work with Richard for three months and be fixed and ready to go. And it's been four years. So um, there's just stuff we all carry with us and need a life coach along with a business coach with a mentor to really get all things firing together. So that is my Richard Flint introduction. But Jaden's going to do success versus failure. And then Richard will come on right after her. Thank you. All right, Jaden. <laughs> Hello again. So as you all know, the name of this piece is Failure Versus Success. So let's go ahead and begin. Failure represents your willpower to try. It shows your ability to get back up again. Failure is the first thing that people see. So make it the last thing they judge you by. Your failures can become your successes. Your success will lead others to your past experiences, leading them to visually see your past failures. But all they will see is that even the greatest have fallen at some point. And at one point, you are not the greatest. But you are the one that kept trying. Your failures can become your successes. Now, success is not being perfect on your very first try. Success is looking past all 1,000 failed attempts to get back up and try again and again and again, and to keep trying until you finally succeed and everyone knows your name. Your failures will become your successes. Yes, when you fail, you will have this horrible feeling of disappointment. But you have to know this feeling to be able to overcome it. That way, when you finally do succeed, you will see the difference between failure and success. Your failures will become your successes. If you can picture it, you can dream it. If you can dream it, you can become it. If you can become it, it can become your reality. Your failures can become your successes.
Thank you. All right. <laughs> We on now? For two years in a row at my summer conference, I've asked Jaden to write a poem and share it. And this was the poem she shared with our group this past year. And she did? Whoa. And she's agreed to write another one for me for this coming summer, which will be our 30th Star Maker conference and our last one. I had promised that I would do 30 years of star makers. And so, I'm sorry, July 17, 18, 19 at the PGA Resort in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Yep, and so she and I were talking a little while ago about what, what I want her to achieve there. She couldn't have delivered anything better for what I want to talk to you about. And this is going to be fun for me because uh, I wrote this program about four weeks ago and you are my guinea pigs. And what I want to talk to you about today, I think, is a really important topic. Becoming the authentic you. You know, it's, it's interesting to understand, how much do you know you? Do you ever surprise yourself? You ever had a thought and thought and you, your mind, you told yourself, I have no idea where that came from. Because the reality of life is this. Every one of us have a story. That story is what you build your life on. That story is a part of your yesterday that you keep evolving with today. You know, the interesting thing is, yesterday can be either a curse or a blessing, depending on how you use it. I meet people who use their yesterday as the reason that they can't. I meet people who use their yesterday as the reason that they are. So it, it creates an interesting thought pattern about three things. Who are you? <laughs> it's interesting because I'll ask people all the time, who are you? And do you know how challenging it is for some people to answer that question? They will sit there and have to study and think about it. Who are you? What's the purpose of your life? And so many times the answers I get when I ask that question is I get a very shallow answer. Because the purpose of your life is where your self-motivation comes. If you can't answer the purpose of your life, and the purpose of your life is never to make money. That's shallow. Because making money is a result of understanding the depth of your purpose. What's the purpose of your life? Why are you on this earth? And are you you? Or are you someone that's lost in the opinions of others? You ever had people tell you what you ought to do with your life? Mm -hmm. hmm. You ever had people not understand what you choose to do with your life? Mm 
And isn't it amazing? There's always someone around our life who wants to write the script for our life. And the interesting thing is, they don't know you. And what's really happening is these people are wanting to do one thing. Control you. And, and if other people control you, you can never be authentic. All of us have a story. And that story has created who we are, where we are, what we choose to do with our life. Since most of you don't know me, let me tell you my story. I was born in New Orleans. If you ask me about my real mother, my natural mother, only thing I've ever known about her was that she was a prostitute in New Orleans. And I was the result of a one-night stand she had with some guy. You can see my birth certificate where it says, Father, it's blank. No idea who he was. When I was basically two weeks old, I was given away to another family because my natural mother didn't want me. And the home that I was given to and adopted into was a very unusual home because I never heard my adopted dad say over 10 words inside our house. My mother ruled our house. You ever seen one of those homes? And if my mother looked at you and went, jump, you didn't ask how high, you just said, how long do I hang here? My dad was an interesting man in his own way, but no idea what to do with my mother. When I was 12 years of age, my dad walked into our home in New Orleans and told us that he had quit his job and that we were moving to Oklahoma. By Thursday of the next week, we were in Ardmore, Oklahoma. I have three sisters. None of my sisters are real sisters. We're all adopted from different families. And throughout my growing I knew that I was not my mother's favorite. And this was made very aware to me when I was 15 and my mother came to me and told me that if I was to live in her house, not our house, but her house, I had to pay room and board. Now, you're 15 years of age. You think that plays with you emotionally? Because isn't one of the things that every person wants to feel, and we learn it in childhood, isn't one of the things we want to feel is that we're loved? And what happens if you're a child and you question your parents about whether they love you or not? I got a job at an IGA grocery store in downtown Ardmore, Oklahoma. And I would go to school, and then after football or tennis practice, I would go down to that IGA store, and I'd work till 9 o'clock, and I'd call my dad to come get me. I'd been 16 for two weeks, and God knows I'm no good with math, and God has a sense of humor in case you didn't know that. So he gave me one of the easiest birth dates in the world. I was born 2, 3, 4, 5. And it's the only way I ever remember it. And I'd been 16 for two weeks, and I called my dad to come get me just like I always did. And 
dad drove up in front of the grocery store and I started to walk over and get in the car just like I did every night. And my dad opened the car door and leaned across the top of the car and said, Richard, wait a minute. I didn't know what was happening. And my dad stepped behind the car and when he stepped into a street light, there was just fear that ran through me. Because my dad was carrying something, what he was carrying was a suitcase. And he walked over where I was standing and he set the suitcase down beside me. And I was informed that that night, my mother had made the decision that I could no longer live in her house. To this day, I still remember the, the look on my dad's face. And he grabbed my shoulder and he said, Richard, he said, son, I don't understand this, but I don't know what to do. And that was truth from my dad. He said, but you've got to know that I love you very much. And I've never questioned. I never questioned whether my dad loved me or not. But I knew that my mother did not. I can take you back from to the age of six where a lot of my memories begin. And from the age of six to the age of 16, there wasn't a day in my life that my mother didn't make one of three statements to me. You are the stupidest kid I've ever met. Now, Parents don't lie, right? So if that's what she says, that must be true. Or my mother would say to me, you'll never amount to anything in life. Or the one that would rip my heart out. I'm sorry we ever adopted you. <laughs> I don't love you and I can tell you, I'm not going to love you. And my greatest day will be the day when you're not in my house. What do you think that would do to a child? Do you think that can scar them? Do you think it can make them doubt their self? Do you know when I was growing up, never had a birthday cake. I remember one time several years ago, I was speaking at Robin's event and we happened to be speaking on my birthday. And when I finished speaking, all of a sudden the back door opened and Robin wheeled in a birthday cake for me. It was just an emotional moment for me. Never had had a birthday cake. Never got a birthday present. You have any idea what it would be like to be a kid? And, and Christmas is exciting as a child, is it not? And you come down on Christmas morning and you're watching your sisters and they're ripping over all, open all these presents and there's nothing under the tree with your name on it. My mother was making a statement, was she not? That night when I was 16, my dad didn't walk back to the car. He ran back to the car and for what was probably only a nanosecond, to me, it was a lifetime. And my dad opened the car door and he leaned across the top of the car and he said, you take care of yourself. And the next memory I have is a guy grabbed me by the back of the neck and screaming at me, get out of the street, because I'm standing there watching my dad drive out. And inside, I'm screaming, if you love me, how can you do this? And then the car was gone. What do you do? You're 16. Can you imagine doing that to one of your children? 
I go back to the street corner and I stand there and I look at the suitcase and finally tell myself, you can't spend the rest of your life standing on a street corner. I picked up the suitcase and I walked into downtown Ardmore, Oklahoma, and I went to the Hotel Ardmore. And I told him I needed a room and the guy behind the counter looked at me funny, but I had cash. So I got a room and I went up to the seventh floor and I put the key in the door and I opened the door and never turned the lights on. Just walked across the room, dropped the suitcase, went over to the window and opened the window and looked down seven floors, crawled out on that ledge. Because I was trying to make a decision. Is life worth living? I've spent all of my life doing counseling. I've spent all of my life working with people. I've spent all of my life trying to help people find their way through the issues that they have in their life. And I sat there on that ledge and I kept looking down and I finally realized if I jumped, my mother would win. And you know what brought me back in? Wasn't about to give the lady that victory in her life. Next morning, I pick up the phone and I call a guy that I know. His name was Troy Howe. And he was one of three men that God put in my life to hold me up when I wanted to just stay down. I told Troy what had happened and he said, you wait there, I'll be there as soon as I can. And his two kids were my best friends. And about 25, 30 minutes later, Troy was there and after three hours, he made me answer the one question I didn't want to answer. What are you going to do? And I told him, I'm not going back home. So Troy helped me find a room with a lady who was the editor of the daily newspaper in town. And I rented a bedroom from her, and I paid her $5 a week to live in her house. Every morning I would get up, I'd get ready, I'd go to school, I'd go to football, tennis practice, I'd go to that IGA store, and I'd work till 9 o'clock, and I would go back to her house. And I'd go in and I'd sit at her dining room table doing my homework until I couldn't keep my eyes open. Because I know that when I went into that little dark bedroom, I would crawl in that bed and I would cry myself to sleep. Do you know what an emptiness I felt? My birth mother didn't want me. My adopted mother didn't want me. It must be me. And do you know what that did to me? I had no belief in myself. Sure didn't trust me. And I had no faith in life. I was good enough that I got a scholarship to college. I would have never been able to go without it. And when I was a sophomore in college, I made a decision. I had to confront my mom and dad. You have any idea how frightening that was? But it was one of those times when I learned one of the philosophies that I hope that you never forget. Anything you don't confront, you validate. I bet there are things that you've had in your life that you've needed to confront and you've avoided it as long as you could. And I bet he's the only one, right?
if I spent time with you and I took your life apart, would I find any things you need to confront that you keep excusing just because of the fear you have associated with it? It was 62 miles from my mom, my dormitory, to my mom and dad's front door. Longest drive I've ever made in my life. I got to my mom and dad's house and I did slow down. You ever had a moment in your life when fear was so great that your heart was just pounding? And I knew what I needed to do, but my car wouldn't cooperate. 16 miles past their house, I pulled over to the side of the road. I told myself, if you don't do this now, you're never going to do it. Do you think the things we don't confront can hold us hostage to yesterday? Turned my car around, went back, and mom and dad's house was here, and there was a service station, filling station over here, and I parked there just staring at their front door. I told myself, you got to do this. So I shot my car across the street, got out of my car, and ran to the front door, because I knew if I walked, I would run back to my car. Screen door, wooden door. Knocked on the screen door. My dad was the one who came and he opened the wooden door and when my dad saw me, he turned as white as these tablecloths. I said, Dad, I need to talk to you and Mom. I wish you could have been there because my dad didn't unlock the screen door. He stepped through the screen door and didn't realize what he's done until he had to fix it. But with one hug, he told me everything that had been pent up inside him. And the guy literally carried me into the living room, just babble, 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 babble. I can't tell you anything, he said. But I remember him pausing and realized my mother wasn't there. So he sort of hit himself on the forehead and called for my mother, who was in the kitchen fixing breakfast, to come see who was here. And my mother walked from the kitchen, stood in the doorway between the kitchen and the living room, never took her eyes off of me. And if looks could have killed, I would have been dead. She took her hand, untied her apron, let it fall to the floor, took her other hand, reached over to where her purse always sat, picked up her purse, took out her car keys, walked out the back door, got in her car, and drove off. And I never saw her again. Do you think I've had a challenging life? You think sometimes it's hard to really reach deep inside yourself and find yourself? Because most of us live a life where we give our life to other people to design. You ever seen two people get married and one gives up who they are and the other one just takes over? You ever watch somebody have a dream, but they're surrounded by people who won't support their dream? And is it hard to have a dream when you don't have support? Hmm. And it took, it's taken me years to understand the only way you'll ever succeed in life is when you can take the shackles off and have the belief, the trust, and the faith in yourself to be authentic.
think with this with me for a second. How many of the frustrations and the moments you have where you're against yourself is because you doubt yourself? You think doubt can hold us a hostage? I mean, you ever come to a seminar like this and you, you sit in the, in the chairs and, and Dixie, and I'll tell you what, Dixie's brilliant. And you need to pay attention to what this young lady has to say to you. You ever sit there and, and you, you soak it up and you tell yourself, man, I can't wait to get back and use this. And you get in your car, or you sit in your plane seat, and you're on your way back home, and you talk yourself out of it. You ever gotten home and made an excuse for not starting what you said you were going to start? Hmm? Why? Because you had that foundation of belief, that foundation of trust, that foundation of faith in yourself just isn't there. When my mother died, I had to make a choice. I was teaching at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. And I had to make a choice. Go to her funeral, <coughs> or go be with my dad after everybody left him. I chose to go be with my dad. For me, and this is me, it's not you, all of us make choices and decisions for ourselves. But for me to go to her funeral would have been hypocrisy. And so I went to be with my dad. And for the last five years of his life, he was my very best friend. But I couldn't talk to him about what happened when I was 16. Why? He'd blocked it out. It was the only way he could live with himself. But that friendship with my dad said so much to me. You know that when my mother walked out that back door, got in her car and drove off, she freed me. Because all I wanted was for my mother to love me. Do you think parental love is important to a child? Hmm? And if I'd gone to her funeral, I would have wanted to have shouted her, look at me. You said I'd never amount to anything in my life. Look at me. I got two PhDs. Look at me. You're never going to do anything. Look at me. At that time, I'd written five books. Now it's 19 books. Look at me. Because most of us are not held hostage by today. We're held hostage by the things from yesterday that we've never let go of. And do you think sometimes it's challenging to let go of yesterday? Hmm? The greatest journey you'll ever make in your life is the journey when you become comfortable in your own skin. You see, I lived thinking I had to prove myself to everybody. And do you understand, if you have to prove yourself to someone, they own you. Because as long as you live having to prove, you'll never be authentic. 
If you got to know me today, I'm probably one of the most self-confident people you'll ever meet in your life. I throw parties and I'm the only one I invite. <laughs> God, they're great parties. Why? Because I'm comfortable with me. And I'll tell you that I'm more than just love me. I'm in love with who I am. Because when you're in love with yourself, you have that freedom. You know who you are. You know what your purpose is. And you know what? I don't get lost in the opinions of other people. Why? Because I know my purpose in life. I know what God put me on this earth to achieve. And I strive for that every single day of my life. So here's our thought. If you don't know who you are, how can you become the you you were placed on this earth to be? It's your life to live and decide until you decide to give control of your life away. There's some of you in this room, you've got the talent to do this student housing business. You've got the desire to do it. But you know your challenge? You don't really trust yourself. The book I'm working on right now that I'm having fun writing is entitled, So What's Your Excuse? Because every time you don't do what you know you need to do, you have to have an excuse not to do it, don't you? So if you and I talk face to face, would I hear any excuses? So, does it ever get tiring to lie to yourself? You ask anybody who really knows me, and I'm known for three words. Behavior never lies. Is the essence of truth what you say or what you do? It's what you do. You ever not been able to face yourself in the mirror because you knew you weren't being honest with yourself? You ever left here with good intentions or you go to a conference and you leave with good intentions and you get back home and you excuse yourself? And aren't excuses easy to make? Huh? And by the way, every one of you in this room... And it varies from person to person. But every one of you, including you, has a major excuse you use over and over and over again in your life. And the reason you do that is because no one ever challenges you. But isn't an excuse in many ways just another form of you lying to yourself? I'm known for my definition of words. Of my 19 books that I've written, three of them are dictionaries. There's two more volumes of dictionaries to come out yet. These are from my dictionary on human behavior. And these words become critical for what I want us to do. Life. The space between the day you were born and the day you die. Does life have an expiration date to it? You think it's ever come, the expiration date has ever come as a surprise to some people? 
Huh? And what you do between the day you were born and the day you die, that's your choice, is it not? So you either live your life trapped in your excuses or you are free to challenge yourself to be the person you were put on this earth to be. Growth. Each day putting one foot in front of the other. Have you ever tripped yourself? Do you know how you do that in life? You make a statement and then you doubt yourself. So when you try to go forward, you trip over yourself because you know you're not going to do it. You. The person you see yourself as. <laughs> do you know the worst day he'll ever have in his life. And it will be absolutely the worst day you have ever had, Brian. You're talking to yourself in the mirror and the person in the mirror leaves before you finish the conversation. That's a bad day. And you, it's, it's not what other people say. It's what you see yourself as. Have you ever limited yourself, William? Because you looked in the mirror and what you saw, you, you made excuses for? And he's the only one in the room, right? Hmm? Authentic. The you, you are at the core of your beliefs. Every one of us in this room, Every one of us has a core in our life, and that core is what we build our life on. And those cores are what we believe. Now, what's right for Joe's life may not be right for mine, but those are his core. You have the same thing. When your life falls apart, it's when you step across your lines in the sand. And every day that you excuse, every day you work against yourself, you change that line in the sand. And every time you step across that line, you're less than who you were. Dangerous. Ooh, you think you're ever dangerous? The person you are when you go against your core beliefs. So, can we play a little game? What makes you dangerous to yourself? Checklist. Ready? Okay. Number one, making decisions you know are wrong. Guilty or not guilty? Hmm? <laughs> Always looking for an excuse or a point of blame. Think we're ever guilty with that? Keeping people in your life that are a wrong fit. Huh? You ever kept a negative person in your life because you were going to help them? <laughs> and they just kept pulling you down? You ever been in an environment you knew was not, work, not right for you? You ever had a job you wanted out of? 
but you couldn't see yourself walking out of there because of money. Hmm? And you ever get up in the morning and not want to go. And yet, you know you can move beyond that. But to do that, you've got to be authentic. To do that, you've got to have the desire, the determination, and the discipline to continue to step forward. You know how most of you take a step? You lean. You ever started to take the step and fear took over? Huh? Everything viewed from the platform of negative. You ever have negative days? You ever get down on yourself? You ever shadow boxed with yourself? And knocked your own self down? Yeah. You ever hurt from doing that? Do you know what the pain is? What you said you wanted, you made it impossible to do. You guilty of any of these? So if you put all those together, what does it say? You have no value. And I'll tell you what happens when you get to that place. You create a behavior that tolerates you. It doesn't challenge you. You ever tolerated yourself? What does that mean? You set yourself up for frustrations. What does that mean? You set yourself up for disappointment. What does that mean? You keep taking the wrong direction when you know what the right direction is. Hmm? Accept it or not, and this is one of the toughest philosophies I have that people argue with. Right or wrong, whatever you think, it is true. You are exactly in your life where you want to be. Hmm? You know why I know that's true? If you didn't want to be there, you wouldn't be there. You ever trap yourself with fear? And have you ever noticed that when you're trapped with fear, you're held hostage by doubt? And when doubt comes in, you find yourself worrying about every decision you make. And then you're uncertain what to do. So what do you do? I'll do this later. Man, Dixie was so right, and she said so many great things, but she doesn't understand my situation. Do you know what your situation is? You either choose to trap yourself in sameness or challenge yourself to go forward. Say what you want, but you're exactly in your life where you want to be. See, I believe that God has a plan for your life, but you cannot see or achieve his plan as long as you are running from yourself. When I first went to college, I was going to be a lawyer. I was going to be Perry Mason Jr. Woo! And my sidekick was going to be Ben Matlock. 
And I knew that everybody would work and want me as their attorney. But I took a couple of courses and decided, I ain't going here. So I picked the school of secondary education. And I got my undergraduate degree in English and speech. And then they told me I had to do a thing called practice teaching. Well, it's not practice teaching, it's torture. <laughs> I had an English class, senior English class, with 11 kids in it, and seven of them could not read or write. And I told the, the, the principal, we can't pass these kids. We have to, because if we don't pass them, we're going to hurt them. Okay, let's lie to them, send them out in public, tell them they're educated, and they can't function. Folks, we don't have a lot of education in this country anymore. I decided I didn't want to spend my life in a classroom lying to kids. So I went on, and I went to Southwestern Seminary, and I got my master's in ethics. I got a Ph.D. in philosophy. And then I ended up at Ohio University. And I was the Baptist Catholic minister, plus I taught philosophy there. And I taught ethics. And then one day I get a phone call from Wayne State University in Detroit offering me the chair of philosophy at Wayne State. So I jumped at it. And I went there, and I was teaching mostly Ph.D. candidates who were kids who thought they were smarter than I was. You have any idea how much fun I had with these kids? I love it when people live a world of opinions that they can't back up with facts. So they would give me their opinions, and I'd put them in a corner, and they couldn't get out. No one liked taking my test because my tests were four questions. If you chose to answer question four, all you could make was the highest grade you could make was a D. Question three was a C. Question two was a B. And question one was an A. And all they were were situations you had to work yourself out of. And I'm amazed at how many people don't think. One of the things I admire in Jaden, and I've watched her now for several years and our last two years as star maker, this young girl has a, a skill that very few people have. She can think on her feet. You think it's important that you and I can think on our feet? You ever had a contractor confuse you? And you didn't know what to say, so what'd you do? You gave him control. How many times because do you become your own enemy because you don't believe, you don't trust, you don't have that faith in you? I was at Wayne State University, and one day the president called me in and said that I was making too much money. Oh. So they wanted me to donate 18% of my salary back to the university. Now, I'm not a charity. So I made his day. I gave him the whole salary. 
because another one of my philosophies of life is never stay anywhere where your presence isn't appreciated. If you stay where you're not appreciated, you become a slave to other people. So I left the university. Didn't know what I was going to do with my life. But you know what? I wasn't worried. Because I believed that God had a plan for my life that would keep me evolving. <laughs> I'd been away from the university for two weeks, and I got a phone call one day in my study. It was a gentleman by the name of Dr. Jess Moody. Jess was pastor of First Baptist Church in West Palm Beach, Florida, mega church. He said, you Richard Flint? I said, I am today. He said, don't know you, wouldn't know you if I saw you, but three guys on this staff here at the church says, call you. We're looking for someone who would come here and run the counseling division of our church. Are you interested? It's January. I'm sitting in Detroit. <laughs> Did not take long to book a plane ticket to South Florida. And that started a four and a half year journey on the staff of First Baptist Church. But if you're a part of a church, do you know churches have their own serious issues? Can you imagine that? And the church split. Because four men wanted Dr. Moody's son sermons on Thursday to edit them for him to preach them on Sunday. Moody was a big man. I never saw him do this. He picked one guy up by the back of his neck, held him up off the floor, took him out the door, and dropped him. <laughs> I was the last of 17 people to leave the church staff. Gentlemen in the church who had more money than he knew what to do with, but he had a healthy definition of stewardship, which in the Greek language is a phenomenal word. Because it means responsible for. And he came to me and wanted to know if I would be interested in running a counseling center there in the Palm Beaches where someone like you could come to the counseling center free. Six days a week. Anywhere from 12 to 16 hours a day. I sat and guided people through their confusion. Not problems. Do you know what a problem is? It's a situation or an event that a human chooses to hang on to so that they have an excuse for not facing their life. Problems are what we hang on to when we don't want to be accountable. A little over three years in that counseling center, I wrote some magazine articles that got some international attention and I started getting people that would call me and ask me, would you come share your research with us? And I was torn. I love the world of one-on-one. -on -one. I like getting inside of people's heads and playing because normally there's a lot of room in there to play with. And I would, I'd pray about it and I'd go do a presentation and I'd come back and I'd sit in my office and I'd go, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I need some help. And the phone would ring. And someone would ask me to come do a presentation. I'd pick one, go do it, come back and say, God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. And the phone would ring. And after a year, I answered the phone. That was 35 years ago. 
And for the past 35 years, I have traveled this globe from one end to the other, sharing my research and insights with people. I know people don't agree with everything that I say. They have the right to be wrong. I just want them to listen. And I got involved in this industry through Ron Legrand. I spoke for him once, and the only reason I was there was to meet Robin. And I've been sort of Robin's coach on and off for over 10 years now. And that's sort of how I got involved with Dixie and Brandon, because Brandon went to Dixie asking for help, and she told him, can't help you, call this guy. So after sweating, he called me. And I've fallen in love with these two and with their family. And I respect that young girl back there, Dixie, to the highest. She's pretty much the only person in this industry that I'll speak for anymore. You know why? She's authentic. It's no show. And I, I've watched that guy there lose more of his hair. And I've, I've watched him as he's grown and tackled himself. Do you know what's so good about Brandon today? He's getting closer and closer to being authentic. And do you understand that you'll never understand happiness? You'll never understand fulfillment. You'll never be free until you understand what it is to know the plan and work to become the authentic you. Checklist again real quick. How do most people run from their self? And by the way, if you'll give me a business card, I'll send you all of this. It's not even a study guide point yet because it's so new. And I told Denise I wanted to do it a couple of times before we put it into a study guide. Okay. Checklist. Past is where they choose to stay. You ever been around someone who keeps talking about the good old days and what life used to be like? What do they do? They go down the Cracker Barrel and they buy a rocking chair and put it on their front porch and just rock away talking about the good old days. Hmm? Each day is excuse-driven. Do you think if I stayed around you during the day and just listened to your conversations, you think I might hear any excuses? And by the way, have you ever noticed that one excuse has to create another excuse because you wear the first one out? People get tired of hearing it, so now I've got to create another one. Opportunities turned into obstacles. It's right there. What you said you wanted is right there in front of you. But because of your fear and your lack of trust and faith and belief in yourself, you turn it into an obstacle. Probably a word that none of you ever do, procrastinate with what they know they must do. I mean, you don't ever procrastinate, right? I mean, do you think if I came around your life, I'd find any stacks of things you need to get to that are still just stacks? Does he have them? Oh. I love audience participation. Hmm? And by the way, Procrastination is the number one self-destructive behavior there is. Listen to the soothsayers and believe them. You know that if I don't trust me, I'll go find someone who agrees with me even though I'm wrong. Hmm? 
Wouldn't do that, would you? Extract the wrong from the right. So, if you really want to be successful, it must begin with you being the authentic you. Hmm? So, here's my gift to you. Nine laws. Not principles. You know what's interesting? I can interpret a principle and make it say what I want it to say. But a law is the foundation. You build on it. You want to be authentic? You ever get tired of playing games with yourself? And I'm serious. You ever get tired of lying to yourself and to other people? You ever had someone in your life that everything is what they're going to do tomorrow? Have you ever just wanted to just stop listening to them? You ever lost respect for someone who never does what they say they're going to do? Authentic. Is being comfortable in your own skin. Now, do you think there's a price tag to doing that? I don't keep anyone in my life who's not part of my fan club. Anybody who's not a fan is a critic. You ever, ever had someone in your life that constantly was criticizing you? Oh, and, and, and they do it in this way that makes it sound so nice. Now, I don't want you to think I'm picking on you. But I think I, there's some constructive criticism I, want, I need to share with you. Psychologically, do you know what constructive criticism is? I want you to sit there and I'm going to beat you up and down and bruise you every way I can. But I'm going to do it, brother, because I love you. you and when I finish, I'm going to throw him away. I'm going to throw him away. You know what I learned in doing counseling? Most people want honesty as long as it's not honest. This is a serious, serious question. Do you want people in your life to be honest with you? Hmm? Do you think they're always honest with you? You ever had somebody come to you and go, now be honest with me. And you thought, really? <laughs> I have been waiting for this day. So you zap it with honesty. And what's their response? Oh, not that honest. <laughs> Don't you ever, ever forget this. Honesty that is shared that I don't want to hear, I turn into criticism. You ever been honest with somebody and it comes back from somebody else that you were criticizing them? Hmm? Can anything improve without honesty? No. Nine laws. Number one, always face your life with total honesty. Without you being honest with you, there's only consistent confusion about whom you really are. When you are honest with you, you can see who the authentic you really is. You got to stop playing games with yourself. You got to be to the foundation. You got to be honest with yourself. And listen, if you don't want to do the student housing, just tell yourself. And I can remember so many times speaking at Robin's conference and 
talking to these people, and you knew that they weren't being honest with theirself. You know what happens to most people in this industry? They come in because they're curious, but they never get beyond that. You know what they do? They go to the fix-at-home channels, and they watch people flip a house in an hour and get this big check. And they think, I can do that. They look at someone like Brandon and Dixie, and they see what they've done in student housing, and they think, man, that's easy. No, it's not. It takes desire, which is what? Hunger. It takes determination, which is what? Commitment. And it takes discipline, which is what? Every day working on improvement. Things don't always go the way they want them to go. I've sat in meetings with them and listened to them talk about things not going the way they were supposed to go. And if all you have is curiosity, when possibilities don't happen, you get frustrated. You ever walked away from something because you were disappointed and you didn't stay around to see what could happen? Without you being honest with you, there's only consistent confusion about whom you really are. When are you honest? When you are honest with yourself, you can see who the authentic you really is. Law number two. Understand what behaviors make you your enemy. Your life is about the choices and decisions you make. Each choice or decision creates behaviors. You must admit to the behaviors that keep you working against what you say you want for your life. Why? Because behavior never lies. Again, if I spend a day with you, would I find any behaviors that are contradictions? Hmm? Can you justify them? You can justify anything in life. Law number three. Take your life at a pace you can manage. Brandon, what's one of the biggest words that we've had to work on? I mean, you know how challenging pace is? Do you know what pace is? It's you managing your life, not your life managing you. Do you know what pace, uh, what it means to control pace? You got to turn excitement into enthusiasm. Curiosity speeds us up. Commitment slows us down. And most of the, the most challenging thing I have to teach anybody, help anybody that I work with understand, is the concept of pace. You ever had a day... And I'm sure you're, you're too mature and you would never do this. But you ever had a day, William, that you've been so busy being busy that you didn't get anything done? Every day. I told Dixie he knows. Yes. yes. Yeah. You work against yourself? Do you do to-do list? 
try. <laughs> try. Don't like the word try. Try comes from the Latin word, which is doubt. See? Take that word try out of your vocabulary. And stop doing to-do list. You ever done a to-do list and not got to it? Hmm. You ever had a to-do list and you had one thing on that list you told yourself, I got to get this done today. And at the end of the day, it was still there? Oh, hmm. Don't do to-do list, do to achieve list. To do is emotional, to achieve is mental. Your mind wants to complete. Your emotions many times want to continue. Hmm? It's challenging sometimes to be honest with yourself, isn't it? Hmm. Take your life at a pace you can manage. The faster you seek to live your life, the bigger the mess you make for your life. You ever met yourself coming back and didn't realize you'd been there yet? You ever get in your own way? You ever overwhelm yourself with everything you're going to get done? You ever done a to-do list in the morning and were exhausted from doing the to-do list? And had to take a nap before you could start? Pace is about managing your life rather than your life managing you. When you are managing your life, you will have a clearer picture of what the authentic you is. Law number four. Have the foundation belief, trust, and faith in yourself, which allows you to continue to step forward, not get trapped in the circle of sameness. Please hear me. Life doesn't trap you. Fear does. Fear does. Did you know that from the day you're born to the day you die, you're going to fight six fears? You want to know something interesting? She has them too. And you know what? They have them. He has them. We all have the same six fears. The challenge is one of them is our number one fear. And if we can find our number one fear and confront it, we can control the other six. Look at these, and they're in no random order. The fear of the unknown. Do you think the unknown can ever be frightening? Hmm? You ever watch someone have a job and they hate the job? And by the way, my definition of a job, it's an environment that a human goes to every day where they prostitute themselves for a paycheck. Hmm. And they, they get up every day and they go to that job and they're not happy with it. But, you know, what if I really trust myself? What if I really believe in myself and I'm willing to take a risk? Now, I'm not saying you go in tomorrow and quit. But you prepare yourself to walk away, what most people don't do. You need to have at least nine months of money in the bank to take the fear out of it. Do you like to plan things? You like it when you know what the plan is? And if you don't have a plan, does that frighten you? 
Yeah. Are you someone that will just step into the unknown without any thought? Hmm. Second fear. Fear of abandonment. The fear of losing someone out of your life. Do you think that's ever big? You ever watch somebody stay in an unhealthy situation for the fear of not having someone? The fear of failure. Man, Jaden's poem was just so right on. But here's the challenge with what we teach about failure. Every emotion you have in your life travels in threes. This is why when you have doubt, you also have worry and uncertainty. It's one when you have calmness, you also have clarity and confidence. But in our world today, we just teach success and failure. There's a third word, folks. That third word is defeat. Do you know what failure is? It's the bridge that connects success and defeat. I use one word to define failure. Fertilizer. What's the purpose of fertilizer? Growth. Growth. I was in Las Vegas. I was speaking for the National Automobile Dealers Association. And there were about three, 4,000 people in the audience that day. And a guy on the stage in front of me was talking about, you don't want to fail. Protect yourself from failure. I was on after him, so I walked out on the stage, and I've only done this twice in my entire life, and I looked at him standing off in the wings, and I looked at the audience, and I said, folks, I mean no disrespect, but forget everything he just said to you. You ever had life knock you down? Yeah. Hmm. Yes, sir. Was it ever challenging to get back up? Yes, sir. But you did it. Had to. Had to. Why did you have to? It was either get back up or die. Yeah. Defeat is death. It's mental and emotional death. And all failure is, is an opportunity to discover the fear of rejection. Which for me, for a long time in my life, that was my number one fear. I'm not lovable. No one can ever love me. And so what did I do? I set myself up for rejection. But you want to know the interesting thing about rejection? I could not reject him if I wanted to. Rejection is not what someone does to you. It's what you tell someone to do with you. You ever tried to like somebody who didn't like their self? And they're always talking about the fact no one likes them? The fear of loss. Do you think in life there's a price tag to anything and everything you want to do? You think if you see the price tag too big, you stop? Then the fear of success, number one with young people today. Why? Because young people have not been taught responsibility and accountability. Can parents do too much for a child? had a father bring his son to me, 10 and a half years of age, asked me to help him with his son. 
I told him no. Here was a ten and a half year old young man every Monday morning got his weekly allowance in his hand, $500 cash. Ten and a half, want to be adopted. Oh, and by the way, by Wednesday, he's broke. No drugs, no alcohol. What did he do? He bought his friends. Who taught him that? His dad. I told him, why are you doing this to this kid? And he said, I don't want my son to go through what I went through when I was growing up. I said, you're lying to me and you're lying to yourself. You don't have time for that kid, but you've got the money to buy him. Do you think that in our world today, we've lost the fundamental definition of love and we've turned it into material? How important is it that someone feels loved? Tell me, turn me loose and let me talk about anything I want to talk about. I'll talk about family. In fact, every other year I do a, a, a marriage seminar. And it's not about what's wrong with marriage. Like the, this coming year, 2020, our theme is tweaking your relationship. Every relationship needs tweaking, doesn't it? Because you know what happens? There's, two thing, there's one thing that brings two people together. It's that special something. And it varies from couple to couple. It, it's couple to couple. But if you lose that something, the relationship starts deteriorating. And you constantly got to be reminded of what that is that brought you together. And by the way, the biggest way that most people lose that special something, when they get married, they stop dating. Without dating, you become strangers. Every couple needs a date night every week. And you don't go with the kids. I had a guy tell me one night, I was watching him and his wife and their, their two kids. And she took the kids to the restroom and you could just tell it was their 10th wedding anniversary and he was so upset. And I just couldn't help myself. I just leaned over and said, having fun? He said, this is not my idea of a 10th wedding anniversary. But he said, you know, she won't go anywhere without the kids. I didn't want to destroy him. So I bit my tongue and I didn't say it. But what I wanted to say to him is the reason she won't go anywhere without the kids is she doesn't want to be alone with you. Hmm. Can two people share a bed, share a house, even create a child and become total strangers? Yeah. Yep. When you don't believe in yourself, you give your life over to doubt. When you don't trust yourself, you fill your life with worry. When you don't have faith in yourself, you're uncertain about every decision. Being the authentic you demands you have a strong picture of whom you are. Number five, every day is lesson driven. You'll never live a day without being pre presented with lessons. Lessons are where you have the opportunity to strengthen that belief, trust, and faith you have in yourself. The stronger your foundation of self-belief, trust, and faith, the easier it is to be the authentic you. Six, never stay where you don't belong. Life is about knowing where you belong or don't belong. And having the courage to walk away from the wrong environment.
The right environment strengthens the authentic you. Don't stay where you don't fit. Number seven, talk all things through with yourself. Do you ever talk to yourself? Hmm? Do you know how healthy it is? And by the way, every one of you are schizophrenic. So it's okay to answer yourself. Yeah. Doesn't make you crazy. The only time you listen to yourself is when you're talking to yourself out loud. You don't hear conversations in your head. Talk to yourself out loud. Others have an opinion about whom you are and what you should do with your life. It is your life to live and design. Never make a decision without talking things through with yourself. <clears throat> At your core, you will always know what is right with and for your life. When you see and choose the right path for your life, it strengthens your ability to be the authentic you. Look at number eight. Insist on being you. Everybody's got an idea of who you ought to be. Everybody has an opinion about your life. You know the only thing that matters? What you believe about you. You may not agree with my beliefs about me, but they're my beliefs. You're either the director of your life are an actor in someone else's play. The only place you will be authentic is when you are being you. That is strengthening your talents. You are here as an original, not a carbon copy of someone else. And then number nine, commit to consistently working on you. Do you think sometimes we work more on our business than we do on ourselves? My gift to life is providing you with understandings that will help you strengthen you. That's my God-given talent. Life is consistently moving. The you that is moving is either moving forward, and it's moving forward with belief, trust, and faith in yourself are you are going in circles where you are trapped in doubt, worry, and uncertainty. Growth is always moving forward at a pace that you can manage. Where you're learning, you're implementing the lessons life offers you Learning the lessons and implementing them into your growth journey is where the authenticity and you become authentic and you will become a light for other people. Do you think you're on this earth to bring value? Hmm. Folks, the greatest compliment of being authentic it's when you have a presence that is present when you're not present. 
It's the greatest statement there could be about your life. A couple of things I'll give you one more thought and then I'm done. <coughs> I'd like to have a, a year with you. One year. I'd like to spend 365 days in your life. You think I could be frightening sometimes to having a life? I want to be help you become better, stronger, and become more resilient in yourself. And all I'm going to ask you to do is invest a dollar a day with me. Here's how we do it. We have put together, I have put together a personal development series. That's 12 months, and every month I'm going to send you an MP3. You know what an MP3 is. It's what's replacing CDs. And every day, every month, I'm going to send you one. And there's an order by which they're going to come to you. First one you get is entitled, Don't Quit. You know what this is about? How to lose the doubt, about, the doubt in your life. How to learn to trust you. Do you know that until that happens, you're trapped? Second month, achieving a millionaire mindset. I took a group of people that I thought they were, maybe you would not think of millionaires because they don't have a million dollars, but they have a mindset that's strong enough to handle anything. And when I took their life apart and I put them back together, I found that they all shared the same 10 pillars that they based their life on. Why try to invent the wheel when you can learn from people who have already done it. And you're not going to do it the same way they do it, but they give you the steps to do it. The third month, how to stand tall. How to stop needing other people to motivate you. How do you learn to motivate yourself and stand in the world where you are authentic? The fourth month, it's your time. Time's the most precious gift you have. So I want to teach you how to invest it, not spend it, waste it, or abuse it. Because time will end. I think some people, when they die, you could put one word on their tombstone that defines their life. Whoops. Because how many times do we use tomorrow as the place where we're going to start? The fifth month, understanding fear. These six fears we talked about, I'm going to walk you through them, and I'm going to show you how to find your number one fear and how to control it. Who am I? This is really my life story and the basic lessons I had to learn to take myself to being authentic. A time of discovery. Do you think there's more to your life than what you've achieved so far? Do you think you have to search for that more? Is it just going to get up one morning and knock at your door and go, Hi, I'm the more for your life. No. So how do you learn to discover the more for your life? The meaning of time. 
10, 10 steps to becoming more productive with your time. Finding balance for your life. You think balance is important? Hmm? You know you live in four rooms, business, family, personal, and social. Business, family, social, and personal. How do you balance those rooms? You ever gotten your life out of balance? Managing growth, not chaos. How do I get rid of drama? And how do I take drama people out of my life? And by the way, there's an easy way to take drama people out of your life. Take them to lunch and order theirs to go. <sighs> really a great lunch. The heart of a leader. What are the six things that will allow you to become a leader in everything you do in your life. Keeping the spark alive in your relationship. How do you keep your relationship growing? Do you know that I think by the year 2022, the divorce rate in this country will top 75%. That's a lot until you realize we're living at 54.9% right now. I mean, have you ever thought about this? Would you marry someone like you and expect it to last? Do you think relationships are important? Do you think that relationships can die from the lack of nourishment? This is very, very powerful. And then my morning minute. Every morning, you turn your computer on, and I'm there face to face with you for 60 seconds. <laughs> wow. And I'm going to give you one of my philosophies of life and a piece of wisdom to go with it. And I'm going to send you that every morning for one year. And every month is a different theme. Like we're in October, my theme this month is trick or treat. <laughs> every day is a different philosophy. Every day is a different thought. And for one solid year, I'm going to help you prepare every morning. And if you're up early like I am, it appears in your email inbox about 413 in the morning. And I know you'd want to get up at 4.13 just to see me and just to be able to listen to your morning minute. But it's a way to start your day with a positive note. $360 is the investment. And by the way, I got a special gift for you. I'm going to handpick three of my 19 books and throw them in with this. And send them to you. And I know what, what three I'm going to send. Just from watching you. But if you're interested. Christy back there has an order for him. You would just fill it out. There's a place for credit cards. Be sure you put your email address there. Because that's where your morning minute comes to. And that's where your once a month will come to. But it's an investment. It's less than a dollar a day. Is it possible I'm worth a dollar a day? Yes. Hmm? Yeah. But that's your choice, is it not? And I'd like to ask you to mark your calendar for three events that we're doing next year. July 9 through 12 at the PGA National Resort and Spa. We're doing our couples event. Dixie and Brandon will be there if he shows up for the wedding, um, which he will. I've been joking with him. I'm going to Jamaica just to make sure he's there. 
but we're only taking 15 couples. That's all we want. We have eight couples right now. And there's information on my website, richardflint.com, that gives you all the particulars on this. But it's about strengthening your relationship. And then my Star Maker Conference, which is my yearly conference that I do. My theme, Because I Can. And we do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday nights at the reception. And then our programs are to noon each day on Friday and Saturday. And then I turn you loose to go play. You can only handle three hours of me. That's all you can handle. And it's a gathering of 200 people. And as I said, this will be our last star maker. Because we're going to move to more small group retreats. And then every month I do a free webinar. This month, October 17th. It's at 10 a.m. in the morning. It's free. If you can't make it, go ahead and sign up for it because we record it. And then we send it to you. October 17th, 10 a.m., our theme, Bouncing Back. Uh, last thought. I know my life will have many ups and downs. True. Many challenges. But I commit to always seeking the guidance from those who have been placed in my life to bring clear sight when I'm feeling blinded by life. Is Dixie clear sight? Hmm? You know you're not here by accident, right? And all of us, because we live in a world where we blind ourselves. I want my light to bring brightness to others. I will be the authentic me. Give me a year in your life and let Dixie and I together take you to the next dimension of your life. All you got to do is just give me a year and I'll make a difference in your life. Food for thought. Dixie, thank you. I think I finished right on time, according to my watch. <laughs>